Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge is a member of the Pulse Podcast Network. For easy listening of this podcast and other great podcasts, download the Pulse Podcast Network app free from your app store. Good afternoon, football fans. This is Drew Fluffy Coates. And Philip Fizzy Barton. And welcome to Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge. How are you doing today, Barton? Doing good, man. Uh, ready to talk about some very intriguing things that happened over the weekend during these football games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty interesting weekend as far as NFC playoffs go, uh, or NFC and AFC playoffs go. Mm-hmm. Um, as you heard Barton crack a beer open and getting ready for our show. That's, you know, uh, proper uh, prep and everything. Well, yeah, you have to prep for the show, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with our program, I will fill you guys in. Uh, we talk about three things on this uh, show. We talk about beer, cigars, and some good old college football for the most part. We're, we're, rolling, <laughs> we're rolling into that, but we're rolling also into NFL. You know, we'll probably branch off here a little <laughs> into something else. But Yeah, yeah, primarily, yeah. Uh college football primary show. college football we do have you know it's not really a college football game but it is in the i don't know it's, it's one of those things like it's a mix between both nfl and college which so, it's, it's something I, I like i actually kind of like like about this yeah the senior bowl senior bowl yeah you know, it's, the, it's the out of all the all-star games you know that college has this is probably the one that you know is the most one to watch because you know all all the high class seniors are going to be at this one as opposed to you know like the east east west ryan grant game or I don't even know what the other one was called last week that that they had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, I think it's the NFL Players Association uh, All Star Game. But you know, we're we're more focused on the Senior Bowl. That's the that's the one that counts. That's where all the high priced names. You know, Baker Mayfield was there last year. You know, it, it has good roots for like uh, seniors in this game. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into that. We got to get into priority number one. That is the beer. What kind of beer are you drinking today? Um, I'm actually not drinking that right now because mm-hmm. um, what I'm drinking right now is a natural light. I'm not going uh. to give that out. Uh, but my beer of the week this week is one that I had this weekend. Uh, I went to a local brewery called Dust Off Brewery in mm-hmm. uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's, it's probably only been open since September. So it's only been open for a few months. They only have, they, they have a few beers. They're, they make really good beer. But – um. The one I'm going to recommend, my beer of the week, is called the Paratrooper Pale Ale. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a very uh, hoppy beer. So you know if you if you don't like the you know the the bitterness or what have you that comes with um, pale ales, this might not be your beer. Mm-hmm. But it but it's it, it's a very hoppy flavor, but it also does have a smooth finish. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to recommend that beer. I would recommend that beer to anyone who is especially pale ale fan so yeah uh dust off brewery paratrooper pale ale uh very good beer yep uh yeah i guess we're both going with hoppy beers today i'm going with an ipa today and uh you i went with the pale ale last week so i guess i'm kind of going with the hoppy trend right now (laughs) (laughs) but i'm uh, drinking a beer from a local brewery here in uh uh, hampton roads area called o'connor it's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest one uh in the area here and uh it's the most distributed. They have beers for you know the the local minor league baseball team and hockey team here. So, okay, cool. But I'm not drinking either one of those. I'm drinking their, <laughs> probably I, I'm drinking probably the one that they're best known for. It's it's their El Guapo IPA. Uh, very probably one of the best IPAs that there is that I've had in this area as far as like the local breweries are concerned. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, besides my Young Vets beer, you know, I, I love my, I love me some Young Vets. <laughs> But outside of Young Vets beers, you know, I do like O'Connor's beers. They're always so good. And El Guapo in particular. Last year, we did a Growler Relay. And the beer that they introduced was a tequila barrel aged El Guapo. And that one blew. That one was lights out. I had the, I drank it, but I had the back half of the relay. So I had to run four miles after drinking about one or two of those. So <laughs> not exactly bright on my part, but, you know, still a great beer. And, the, and even the original El Guapo is very, it's a very, uh, it's got some bite to it, but it's a very, it's got, it's got a very crisp taste to it. Mm-hmm. So what kind of cigar are you going to pair, <clears throat> pair that beer up with? Uh, so uh, J.C. Newman, they make uh, the Brick House, which, you know, is, is one of my favorite cigars. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going with another J.C. Newman cigar. This is the Perla Del Mar. And this is the L. Their their cigars are letter. They're G L M. Uh, 
P. But um, the Perla Del Mar L, um, Ecuadorian Connecticut rapper, another Connecticut, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Nicaraguan binder uh, filler. Um, it's box pressed, which you don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, they don't affect the flavor or anything. It just affects the look. But you don't see a ton of box press cigars out there. But um, uh, it's it's a, it's it's not a full cigar. I mean, it's yeah. it's, a, it's more towards the milder side. Um, gonna give you a good smoke time. Uh, it's a ninety rating. Uh, very creamy, very smooth, and you know to to stick with you know kind of JC Newman's brand. It's it's gonna put off a, a good bit of smoke. So, um, very good cigar. Would probably pair, uh, pair very well with a paratrooper parallel, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm smoking probably my favorite cigar out there right now, and it's uh, the Maker's Mark uh, bourbon cigar. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite one, just because you know if I'm if I'm you know smoking a cigar, typically like whiskey or, or you know bourbon, whatever have you. Maker's Mark uh, tends to be the, like the better bourbons out there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, very expensive bo- bottle, but this cigar is not going to cost you an arm and leg. It's going to cost you about eight bucks cheaper on, on the cheaper side of cigars. And that's just for like, you know, a uh, full size cigar. That's, that's going to burn you like two, two and a half hours or so. So, um, yeah, it's a very smooth cigar. Um, it only gets like three and a half stars, but for me, that's just my personal preference. It's, to me, it's a five star cigar. I, well, I, I have, I have a lot of, a lot of respect for that cigar. Well, you know, that most, most cigar um, smoking, you, you read a lot of things when it comes to yeah about um about cigar etiquette and things like that. You're like you're not supposed to smoke yeah. it too fast. You're not supposed to do this and that. To me, throw all that mm-hmm. shit out the window. Cigars are about enjoying them. Smoke them how you want to enjoy them. It doesn't matter if your if if your favorite cigar is one of those uh, twenty for thirty dollar bundle cigar sandwiches that you know off name brand cigars. If you enjoy it, mm-hmm. smoke it. That's that's kind of what I go with. And if you like to smoke fast, smoke them fast. If you like to smoke them slow, smoke them slow. Like cigars are all about enjoying enjoying the experience. Yeah. All right. So we got the beer, we got the cigar. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, you know, we're going to talk more about the championship games over the weekend and all the controversies and all that here in a little bit. But like we said at the beginning of the show, we are primarily a college football show. So we're going to get We'll get into the NFL and, you know, other sports down the line. But we're going to – most of our shows are going to start with, you know, whatever college football news that's going on in the week. This week, it's the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's so, we senior got Senior Bowl, bowl this yeah. week. And me and Bart, we, uh, we're going to point out, like, uh, two players, offensive and defensive, on each team, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, see who, you know, has the best outlook, you know, has the best to improve their draft stock. And who has the most to prove in this uh, senior bowl? Because you know they're working with uh, pro coaches and everything. They're l- learning out of a pro system, and you know a lot of these. It's an all-star game, sure, but you know their practices are. You know their their practices are on NFL Network. You know they got scouts looking yeah. at these guys. So you know this this is an actual all-star game that actually matters in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It um it. it it can go. It can go a lot. It can. I mean, especially if you're one of those guys that's on the on the edge. It it, it could be a make or break uh make or break mm-hmm. type game. Uh, I'm I'm not necessarily going with some that have a ton to mm-hmm. prove. I'm just going with some that I think would be fun to keep an eye on. Like especially throughout this week and as we get into the draft, these guys that I got aren't going to be first round picks. They're not going to be mm-hmm. second round picks. But they're just they're kind of maybe under the radar guys that you want to yeah. keep an eye on. And and, st- and uh, just some guys yeah. be fun to watch. All right, so let's start with the the South team. Um, what what is one of the offense? Okay. What's the offensive player you got in the South team that you're like looking into? So I went with uh, Buffalo's quarterback Tyree mm-hmm. Jackson. Uh, dude's a monster. He's six seven, two hundred forty five pounds. Yeah, he's he's got a huge mm-hmm. arm. Uh, some of the NFL scouts are saying that his deep ball accuracy may be the best in mm. the class. You know, but my only question about him, he did play mm-hmm. in the MAC. So, you know, there's a level of competition there. But, I mean, obviously at 6'7", he's got NFL size. He's, I mean, he, he's not a runner, surprisingly. You know, a lot of people would think, you know, he 
naturally he'd be a runner, but they said actually he doesn't average that many you yards. You know, I noticed this with tall quarterbacks. Uh, they don't tend to be like, you know, scrambling kind of guys. Like, look at Brock Osweiler. He's about 6'8". He's not – he's a stone in the pocket. Yeah. You know, uh, Joe Flacco is yeah. pretty tall as far as NFL quarterbacks. He's never been known as a runner. So, it's like these tall quarterbacks would never seem to be the running type. Yeah. Um, I guess if I, if I had to compare him to an NFL mm-hmm. quarterback – it would probably be like, and just based off size wise, mm-hmm. not not, not anything, anything else, yeah. not ability. No, it's just size wise. I would say he's probably more of a Derek Anderson. That, type that's fair. Derek Anderson is still, you know, yeah. solid backup. You know, he didn't make a Pro Bowl with the Browns, so you know, that's a still. That's a. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, give the give Derek. He was he was on your team. He was a reliable backup for your Carolina Panthers for mm-hmm. years. So you know, you can't can't mm-hmm. can't disrespect the guy too too much. Um, so I'm going to go with a uh, David Sills. Uh, the fifth, you know, wide wide receiver out of West Virginia, and the trend in the NFL now, and this is re- here's the reason why I'm picking him. The reason the trend in the NFL now is these short, shifty receivers. You know, you don't see a whole lot of big, you know, physical receivers anymore, and mm-hmm. not definitely not in the red, not a red zone threat. He is a touchdown machine, and he has been the last two years at West Virginia. And the back, if you're not familiar with him, this is the backstory. He was about 12 years old, and Lane Kiffin offered him a full scholarship to USC when he was the head co- head ball coach down there. Because he, and he, when he got to high school, you know, he he kept getting injuries, and then got recruited to, still got recruited to West Virginia, and ran some stout, scout team, and they wanted him to play receiver full time. Said no, I want to give a quarterback a shot, so he goes to JUCO for a year doesn't really put up the stats. Well, you know, West Virginia was still like, hey, you know, scholarship's still waiting here, but you got to come play receiver. His first year there, 18 touchdowns. You know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy yes. stat. He is, he, I don't know if it was just his match with Will Griffin, but he is just unstoppable when it comes into red zone. He has just natural hands. If he can get his route running down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. he can be a star. And he's got decent speed. He's got these, like, four, 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 five speed. You know, he's got it there. So, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a big I'm a big guy. I'm a big receiver back in my day too. So like I'm obviously like partial <laughs> like the to the receiver here. But yeah, he's a two time All American, thirty five touchdowns to- in two years. Come on. Yeah, that's that's yeah that's pretty solid. I <laughs> don't care if he played in the Big Twelve. That that thirty five touchdowns is a lot of freaking touchdowns. So yeah. who, who do you got on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, on defense side ball, I'm going to go with uh, Clemson cornerback uh, Mark Fields. Uh, he's about five eleven, yeah, one eighty. He could probably put yeah, on some weight. He's a little short for a cornerback, but, too, uh, so yeah. Um, but the NF, uh, some of the scouts again are saying he's probably the best cover corner in the mm-hmm. Southeast. Uh, he has the speed. He has what everybody wants. Uh, third fastest player on the South team, and he's behind two wide yeah. receivers. So he's the fastest player on the defense. Uh, what I was reading from some Clemson coaches and, you know, as I was reading about him, they say his time at Clemson, he was a bit of a selfish mm-hmm. player. Uh, they, they said the staff couldn't trust him. He had a tendency to kind of go rogue during plays and want to do yeah. his own thing. So um, I guess that's why he kind of never developed into that elite college. Well, he has a, lot, of time, he has a but, lot to prove this week too. So Yeah, so he, he definitely has a lot to prove. And I think this just talent-wise, he may be the best defensive back I don't think I'm going out. I don't think this is a, a clickbait or hot take <laughs> or whatever, but I, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I say he, he may be the best defensive back or at least one of the best defensive backs in this draft class if he, if he can just get – if he can just become yeah. a team player. So, so we'll see. We'll see. He, like you say, he definitely well, the, has the a lot of The talent is there. Like, he has, like, just God-given ability. It's just – like you say, it's just, you know, his mental mm-hmm. – you have to have – this game is mostly mental. A lot of, like you have, you can have all the physical ability in the world, but if you don't have it up in the brain, if you're not a coachable player, you're not going to be anything mm-hmm. in any in any level of football. That's just how it is. Yeah. So, and and he he's, he he should thank me for putting him on the spotlight, <laughs> consi- considering he yeah. um he spurned South Carolina during his recruitment. So. <laughs> I mean, you guys got you know you guys got Deion Sanders Jr. coming in. So I mean, come on. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shallow. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the inside backer. As far as defense concerned, I think you and I can both agree that inside backer is the captain of the defense. Doesn't matter, like mm-hmm. you don't. Doesn't matter who the best player is on the defense. 
the inside backer. He's the coach. He's the guy that you know takes all the calls from the defensive coordinator. He's the one that manages that whole field. I'm going with another West Virginia guy, David Long Jr. He's he's very undersized. Mm-hmm. He's five eleven, two twenty one. So by middle linebacker standards, that's small. But when you watch the film on the kid, he's a two, he's a second team All American. He was the defensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. Dude racked up 111 tackles and eight sacks. Eight sacks is a lot for middle linebackers. But yeah, so yeah, and you just when you watch when you put the film on, and yeah, it's the Big Twelve, so you know not a whole lot of defense is concerned, but. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just making plays all around the field. He's, he, I think he needs to, you know, touch up a little bit in coverage. But you know that could just be the spread up, spread off, uh, spread offense. You know that's going around in, the, in that conference. So you know he'll probably have a little bit more help and a little bit better communication as when he gets to the NFL level. But he could be a good, you know, I he could be a steal somewhere in this draft because you know, I, I look at undersized linebackers sometimes they're just. Their, they, their height gives them an advantage because they can just hide behind those defensive linemen and just make the attack. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Zach Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Miami, Miami That's Dolphins. a great comparison, <laughs> yeah. too. So, like, so you know, you know, those undersized linebackers, you know, they can, you know, uh, I'll even go uh, Dexter Coakley. From, well, Dexter Coakley yeah. from, you know, Dallas back in the day. Very undersized linebacker, but that dude was always around the ball, too. So that's going to be my comparison is more to Dexter Coakley. Okay. All right. So for the north side, who do you got on the offensive side? Um. So I'm going with a Memphis running back, Tony ah, Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Electric Swiss Army mm-hmm. knife are some words that uh, were used to describe him. Six foot, two hundred eight pounds. As I was watching some of his, you know, he he, he plays running back. He plays wide receiver. Uh, he's one of the nation's best kick returners. So probably more like a Reggie but, Bush type player. Well, actually, as I was watching him, the way he was being used and the way I could think that he could be used mm-hmm. in the NFL, and I'm, I'm not trying to be biased here, he reminds me a lot of Christian oh, McCaffrey. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying with mm-hmm. his size and the way they use him and things like that and his, his speed, he he has enough speed. He's not a burner, but he has enough speed to, to be a legitimate yeah. threat. So, um, that's, that's a kid, uh, under-the-radar kid who – you know, I guess it would have to depend. He would have to get in the mm-hmm. right system because I don't – He at 208 pounds, of course, I said about Chris McCaffrey too, but at 208 pounds, he's not going to be a three-down back in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, but, you know, if he gets in the right system, I mean, maybe he comes to Carolina and we have two Chris McCaffreys. <laughs> he already has Chris Samuel or Curtis Samuel, don't y'all? Like, y'all, y'all need another yeah. one like that. We're, we're just getting small, man. We're just getting small. Again, I like the big receivers, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to go like on an obvious note. Drew Locke, quarterback from Missouri. I mean, well, he's 6'4", 225, you know, prototypical size. You know, four-year starter at Missouri. You know, if you had said last year, yeah. he would have been the first one quarterback off the board this year. Now this year, eh, you know, teetered off towards, like, towards the end. Obviously, you know, still – Got, got all his stats against non-power power five mm-hmm. teams, but <laughs> I mean, just from the just from his ability, you know, he's very accurate when it comes to throwing the ball. You know, probably the more accurate of like of the quarterbacks that's in this draft, considering with with at least with his body of work, you know, for, playing four years in the SEC, that you know, that doesn't come very often, you know. Yeah, uh, interesting stat uh, about Drew Locke. He got his first start against no, my Gamecocks. Yeah, and he won. Yeah. They beat us. That was that was that was the year we. Uh, okay. nine, so. <laughs> All right. So who do you have on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I'm going with the guy who is teetering on the bust label, and this week may need to be his week to prove something to NFL scouts and things mm-hmm. like that. Byron Cowart, defensive end from Ooh. Maryland, six four, two ninety three. He's got the size. He's got the mm-hmm. speed. Former five-star, 2015's number one ranked recruit coming out of high school, committed to Auburn. Didn't work out at Auburn, transferred to Maryland. Uh, like I said, the biggest thing I'm watching with him, I don't know much about him. He didn't have the stats in college. He didn't live up to the hype. To me, the reason I'm watching him is this is his last chance to remove that mm-hmm. bust label. He was a, he was a bust in college. But let's see if he can, You know, maybe it was the coach. Let's see if, you know, you can always. Yeah. Let's see if something clicked that where, you know, maybe it can, his talent can translate at least mm-hmm. to the NFL. 
But this is his last shot at it, and I'm, I'm keeping yeah. an eye on him. Uh, I'm going to go down to Texas. I'm staying in the Big 12 today. I got three players from the Big 12. I don't, and I've been talking smack about the Big 12 this whole time, whole year. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm going with the Big 12. But when, when it comes to this is a defensive end from uh, Texas, Charles Amanu. Okay. Uh, 6'6", 275. That is big old Ooh. boy, but it's not, like, overly, like, you know, he, he – He's big enough to where he can, you know, he's slimmed down, though. Uh, 32 starts, you know, at Texas, you know, so he's about three-year starter there. Um, first in mm-hmm. 12 this year. That dude, like, he's not going to put up a whole lot of stats, but he will make his presence felt on the field. Like, you have to account for uh, Omanu when you're, when, he, when you're on the field with him. So, like, and six, 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 you man. can't miss him. Even if you don't. <laughs> If, well, even if he can't get to the passer, man, you get oh, the yeah. hands up. It's hard. It's hard to throw over a six-six lineman with his hands up. I mean, good lord, that's eight feet there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna compare him to more like a Justin Tuck kind of player, you know, because he could probably okay. play, you know, if he's in a four-three, you know, some defensive tackle and and the end, you know, he was very as far as uh, Justin Tuck was concerned. I think he's the most underrated defensive player in the last fifteen twenty years because he played all over the field. He played. D tackle, nose tackle, DN, outside backer. That dude did everything for the Giants, and that's why he won two Super Bowls. And I don't know if he's going to be that athletic as an outside backer or anything, but he does have the athletic ability. So you know, so he uh-huh. can put you can play in or outside with him. I think he can cause a disturbance either way and bring some value to any team that drafts him. Okay, okay, I I can okay. go with that though. A lot of a lot of Big Ten. You're loving. I the don't know why, big, man. Big Twelve I in so general. Much about it this year, but you know, you know, Texas shut me up after that. You know, big old game they had against Georgia. So you know, I can't really talk. You know, whatever. <laughs> so that's our college. That's our college right. football news for the week. Uh, we're gonna get into the uh, championship games from the weekend. And All right. We're gonna. Well, bef- bef- before we move on, let me let me throw this little plug in here. Make that money. Um. <laughs> Yeah, make that pay them bills. <laughs> if uh, you enjoy playing daily fantasy, download the Thrive Fantasy app. Use promo code Thrive Fantasy Two. They'll double your first deposit. Uh, that's the Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive Pulse is one word and the number two. So now that we got that, All right, out of let's the way, get into it. You know, a lot of controversy <laughs> this week. You know, with the with at least yes, just one yes. of them. I think everybody was pretty happy with the other game. Well, not happy. You know, no, they were know. happy, but you now, know the. The officiating. They weren't as upset with the officiating. Yeah, so we got the NFC Championship game. You know, the Rams, you know, pulled victoriously out out in the in a Superdome. Yes. And uh, not a lot of people happy about it, you know. Barton, you are not happy about it, so. Well, um, knee-jerk okay. reaction. Um, I, my knee-jerk reaction was, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, Saints just got screwed out of going to the Super Bowl. But after a few days... Let it of, sit in. Let it set in. Um, I, I've kind of changed okay. my tune. They did not get screwed out of going to the Super Bowl on yeah. that play. Um, first things, I go back to the first quarter yeah. where they had to settle for two field goals. And they were driving. They were and driving that, on the first, and the first drive. Yes, yeah. And it wasn't like they were like fifty-yard field goals. I mean, they were there. They could have scored touchdowns. Well, after um, that interception, after so, that interception, like they that, they needed a touchdown at that point. Well, uh, instead of being up twenty-one to nothing mm-hmm. and almost having the game put away in the first quarter, they were only up thirteen yeah. to nothing. Okay. The second thing I have I, this is a this is a three-phase uh, okay, analysis here. here. I the second phase of my analysis is what the hell was Sean Payton mm-hmm. doing coming in that two-minute drive? Okay, you get the big play that sets you up, but I think they're around, what, 15 yeah, yards not, I so? think they're just inside of that, almost inside of that. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you, you get the big play. The next play, you throw the ball. It falls mm-hmm. short and stops the clock. Why aren't you running the ball there? It, even if you don't pick up a first down, you at least force the Rams to use their timeouts. You kick the field goal, and instead of giving the, the, the Rams the ball back with a minute and 45 seconds and one timeout, you give them the ball back with roughly a minute to go and mm-hmm. no timeouts. 
Like I don't I don't understand why he was trying to throw the ball in that situation. Run the ball three times. If you don't get the first down, so be it. Kick mm-hmm. the field goal. Make the Rams use their time. Exactly. Out. So it should have it, it should have never even no. come down to that. Um, third, third thing, third thing. We're just assuming the Saints make the, make the field if goal. If they'd have got that call. Yeah, we're just assuming everybody's just assuming that if the Saints get that call, they're going to kneel down three times, whatever, and then they're going to kick a field goal and win the game. But this is the NFL playoff, and the Saints of all fan bases should realize that anything crazy can mm-hmm. happen in the NFL playoffs. I mean, nothing is just a gimme. And you say, oh, well, that would have been like, uh, let's say they were down around the four. You figured take some yardage back from the kneel downs. You're looking at probably like a 20, 25 yard field goal. To, to win the game. Now, of course, he's a he's a pro kicker. Of course, he would mm-hmm. hit a twenty five yard but, field goal. Well, saying, but, but, but there's always Saints that chance. fans, I, I I say this: third down, ten seconds to go in the game. Team has no timeout. Sixty yards from the end zone. Of course, you're going to guard the mm-hmm. sideline, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so no that was the call terrible obviously and we'll get into officiating later was the call absolutely garbage obviously um yes but it when you when you take a step back when you look at the whole picture no it did not cost the saints a trip to the super bowl um and then not even to mention they they had the ball yeah. in overtime they had a they had a chance. It wasn't like they didn't. It wasn't like that was the end of the game. It wasn't like that was fourth down and that was mm-hmm. the end of the game. They had a chance mm-hmm. to win. I mean, they still had a chance to win. So after I, it, initially it hit me, I was I was with ninety percent of America. I was like, oh my god, Saints just got called to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. But after after like you said, letting it settle in and and actually looking at the game and everything. Uh yeah, sorry Saints, you're just not yeah. going to the Super Bowl. And they're bringing this. They're trying to get like a lawsuit to where Roger Goodell could change over, uh, over change uh, where the Saints could end up going to the Super Bowl. Just shut up, like seriously, like just get over it, like. And like you said, like they had every opportunity. Like if you want to go about bad calls, there was about three face mask calls that the Saints got to walk away with. Not let alone somebody stomping on somebody's helmet when in the middle of a play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When dude, uh, when he, when Star Wars or whatever yeah. flew in, like there towards mm-hmm. the end of the play, and yeah, hit. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think you posted this on our page about Colin Cowherd, you know, saying don't blame the refs. You can't blame the refs. Refs are a part of this game, whether you want to admit mm-hmm. it or not. They're going. They have to be a part of this game for one. And some, they're they're human beings. They're going to make mistakes. And here's my thing too: it's mm-hmm. when it happened. If if you if this happens, not saying that people wouldn't be upset with it, but if this happens in or the first, se- quarter, or even the second, like right before that, yeah, or second, it's quarter, forgotten. Like, it's yeah, it's not it's not a big mm-hmm. deal. I mean, of course, people are going to bitch about the missed call, but it, it's it's not going to be looked at as the defining factor mm-hmm. of this game. So um, no, I po- sorry, Saints, I posted just... something on my on, <laughs> on my Facebook. Uh, Drew Fluffy Coats at Facebook, by the way, if you're a new listener. <laughs> um, I posted something about the call about don't blame the refs. And somebody said if I, it was my Packers, I'd be distraught. And I came to them with this. When we were in the championship game against the Seahawks a couple years back, everybody, every Packers fan was blaming Brandon Bostic. I was not. I was one of the lone ones who was not blaming Brandon Bostic. We should – Brendan mm-hmm. Bostic shouldn't have been in that position to freaking dip at the beginning of this at this whole thing. I blame that game more on you know Aaron Rodgers. Not we had four picks on Russell Wilson and got no touchdowns out of it. Yeah, you don't I mean, do that, I, and that's I'm, the same thing with, I'm, uh, with New Orleans. Rarely does a game ever come down yeah. to one call. It's just like a missed field goal at the end of a game. It's just like you could go back to to the Bears in the first round, mm-hmm. in the wild card round, like. If the Bears, if you were truly the better team, you should have never exactly. been in that position anyway. They 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 so, were up thirteen points. <clears throat> yeah, they should have been yeah. up twenty one. I mean, and you you felt the game change when they had that fourth down conversion with the fake punt. That you yeah. know they they're getting over the crowd noise at that point because the crowd that was what was messing up the Rams at that point. Oh yeah, they were they were definitely but shaking. That, I mean, but, you it know, was <laughs> they had you know. 
They had three chances. After that call, they had three chances to win that game. They had a chance to stop them after that, after they kicked the field goal. To stop them so they don't force overtime. They didn't do it. They had a chance to score a touchdown in overtime because they got the ball first. They threw a pick. Yeah. And they had a chance to stop them from kicking that field goal, which, by the way, let's – where the heck did uh, – they get Greg Zerline from that dude. Bombed. I was just, I was just about to say, why is my man Greg Zerline not those getting any were, credit? That was two, a bomb field two goal. Of the <laughs> field goals you're ever gonna get in NFL history. A 57 yard field goal to win the game to send your team to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? How is that overlooked over all of this right now? <laughs> the Saints fans, if you want to blame somebody, blame yeah, Greg no Zerline. <laughs> you know, a 48 yard field goal is no gimme. And then a 57-yarder in field goal, let alone anything misses that field goal, they only have to get like 10 yards to get them in field goal range. Yeah, on, on the, road. the road in yeah. that environment. Come on. Give the Rams some credit yeah. here. Rams, you are the better team, and glad you're in the, glad you're in the, the Super Bowl. The better team won. I'd pick the Saints to win. The only reason I'd pick the Saints to win is – because when we started, I picked them at the beginning of the. You picked both you know, number one at our little. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I picked I pick both number ones, but, um, yeah, the the Saints at this point in time in the in the season, they're mm-hmm. the better team. They won the game. Yeah, and they and they teetered off towards the end after that Dallas game. They kind of teetered off out the gate. Oh yeah, the Saints. They they weren't the same after that. So Dallas game. Uh, we're gonna get off of that. You know. You know. Stop ruffling like ruffling our feathers with that one. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to focus on the AFC Championship game. You know, New England. You know, again, yeah. going to the NFL uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I was I was texting you during the game. You know, Tom Brady's going to do it. You're trying to tell me no, and what happens, man? You don't. You don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, doubt I, the goat, I, man. I I did. I doubted him, man. I did. There. Um... I, it wasn't so much doubting him. I was kind of doubting mm-hmm. their defense. I was like, okay, they're, you know, they're not going to hold up against against Patrick Mahomes and, and this Chiefs offense. But um, turns out yeah. they didn't have to because they got the ball first yeah. in overtime. So <laughs> and you know, everybody's talk, you know, talking smack about how they should change the overtime rules, you know, because Tom Brady, you know, got the ball first. Patrick Mahomes didn't give it a chance. Let's just appreciate the fact that we had the overtime rules that we do. Remember that we all you had to do is kick a field goal, like at least now you have something into it. Now I I would not be opposed to switching at the college where instead of start, but instead of starting at the twenty five, you start at the fifty. Yeah, I I'll say this: the only before I I, I do think that NFL, you know, I I like their overtime mm-hmm. rule, but they do need to make it where both teams get a possession. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that that would be fair. I mean, both teams need to at least have the ball mm-hmm. one time. Now, with that being said, the only reason, because people have not said a word all year. They weren't saying a word when games ended in ties mm-hmm. earlier this year. And, and they weren't saying anything about the overtime. It's when the then. Patriots won the Super Bowl. It's, it's when the Patriots – it's when the Patriots benefited from yep. it or, you know, what have you. That That's the only reason people are complaining. It's because it's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. It's, it's haters, man. It's really just it, haters. If if you reversed it, if Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, runs right down the field, they scores love, a touchdown, they love and, the Saint, and, and the, Chiefs are, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, no one's yeah. saying a word. They're saying what a what a epic yeah. game that was. But now because Tom Brady and them benefited from it, now all of a sudden let's it give, needs to be changed. Now all of a sudden we need to overhaul the whole. Let's system. give Patrick Mahomes some credit too, because when Tom Brady scored, he he only gave the Chiefs thirty nine minute uh, thirty nine seconds to get down the field in the field goal range. Patrick Mahomes did it. That dude, uh-huh. you know, in that second half he played his rear end off, man. That dude, and that's why Tom Brady, you know, I don't know if you heard about that, where he came after the after the game, where yeah, he, he acknowledged him and everything, because he is going to be a very good quarterback in this league for years to come, right? He is, and I, I, I have no doubt. Um, if the if the Chiefs can get that defense shored up just a little bit, they're they're gonna be they're gonna well, win the Super Bowl before pa- Patrick well, Mahomes know, is all said and done. They, they just fired the defensive coordinator, and now there's a rumor that Rex Ryan. They're interested in Rex Ryan, which you know. I saw uh, right before we started recording. It said that uh, Steve Spagnolia hmm. 
is expected to be you the know, front runner not be, or expected to be name or something. He, you know, he was that. He was that. You know, when I brought up Justin Tucker, he was that mind behind that defense back in, back then. So, would not be opposed to that. You know, if I was a Kansas City fan, you know, it's not even. It's not a bad season for Kansas City. Let's let's all right. Let they they finally won a playoff game. You know, at home, uh-huh. you know, which they had not done. Yeah. So you know, give. You know, it's it's sad that you know the season ended, but you guys have a lot. They have a lot to look forward to. Damian Williams, man, what a find he was. As they yeah. they they, uh, they yeah. released Kareem Hunt, you know, and they have him, and they just keep rolling with it. And he's a very talented running back. I won fantasy with him, so you know, <laughs> just pointing that out there. But here's my mm-hmm. gripe, though. And I know you just said NFL officials are human. They're going to make mistakes and things of that nature. Um, but I do think something needs to be done. I I mean, you can't review everything. So I wouldn't say review penalties because you don't know what to review. Yeah. Review no calls. Well, you can call holding on any play. I mean, you know, so. But the, the, the part that gets me is we had these two epic conference championship games. I mean, games for mm. the ages, both in overtime, both just awesome games. And Monday morning, when you flip on the TV, all you're hearing is the officiating. Mm-hmm. All you're hearing well, about here's, is the Well, here, here's the thing and, with that. It, I know where you're getting, guy. These officials aren't full-time. This is their part-time job. They're not full-time officials. They have part-time jobs in the well, offseason. Well, maybe they need – if they want to put out a product, uh, if they want to put out – if the NFL wants to put out a product, they want to get the problem right uh, – The the, they want to get the thing right. They, I mean, they they need to they need to put these guys, hire these guys mm-hmm. full time, make them full time NFL mm-hmm. employees, and let this be what they do during the week. You know, watch film or whatever mm-hmm. they have to do because they got to get this. They got to get every week. It seems like this year and and past years too, but it seems like this year every week there was a call that Monday morning. We're talking about something with the officiating, mm. and and I, I do agree they're not going to get it right, but because <clears throat> they are human, but there's something that's got to be done, and I I don't know about reviewing penalties because then that becomes a well. I mean, they hole. already kind of go do down. like the, the when you get too many men on the field and they don't catch it, they challenge that, and that's a penalty. So I mean, yeah, some penalties. If, if you if you start if you start if you start because then you're going to get. If you start uh, with pass interference, mm-hmm. then you're going to start getting, okay, they call a false start. Pat, pass Coach, interference I'm going to challenge Pass interference that. is like, like holding in the NFL. Like, it's, it happens on every play. Whether they call it or not yeah. is a different story. So I don't want to hear, like, oh, you can change the game. Well, then I'm just going to throw a flag on – I'm going to throw a challenge flag on any holding call out, on any on anything on a third down that's in a crucial moment. I'm going to throw a challenge flag and call hold and ask for a holding penalty. But at the same time, I, I would think if you're going to let the coaches start challenging penalties, just add it to stuff they can challenge. Because people are like, well, they're going to start challenging all these little ticky tack calls, and it's going to make the game start lasting mm-hmm. longer. So, no, just add it. Look, you get two challenges a game, right? Yeah. Just add it to just add it to what the coaches can challenge. If they lose the challenge, then you know, so be it. I mean, that's it. They lose a timeout, they lose their challenge. I I I just I mean, and, and you would have to be specific with like what you're talking about. You can't just say, Oh, find me a holding call. I'm mm-hmm. challenging this. Like you would have to be like, watch, you know, my that right tackle held held my in or something. Like I think you would have to be specific. Yeah. When it to what well, you're yeah. challenging when it comes obviously, to that. obviously, but you know you know what I'm getting. But um, they, they do, there is pass interference on almost every play. There is holding on every single play, as far as like you know, it doesn't. That's not going to change the game, you know. And another thing, I wonder about this too. Um, this is a little bit out of the box. It's kind of out of the box thinking, but a lot of these referees mm-hmm. are older. A lot of these referees are in their fifties, sixties, and they're trying to keep up with some of the best athletes in the world. You know, maybe maybe the NFL wants to think about <laughs> going to a younger, more in shape referee. I mean, I get such and such has sixteen. We need years a re- we need a referee scouting combine stat. <laughs> that's it. Let's get it. Where's the referee God senior bowl? <laughs> now, are we saying senior bowl like you know sixty five years older <laughs> senior bowl or? <laughs> 
fresh out of college, baby. Get 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 college kids to start officiating the senior bowl. All right. And then and then that's their tryout. That's their tryout. Oh, you did a good job. You get you're getting invited to the referee combine. All right. So we're gonna move on the on from that. <laughs> we're gonna go start on a new segment we introduced last week. We're gonna go hot take or clickbait. You know, that's whether All you right. decide whether that's hot, a hot topic to click on through your newsfeed or whatever you're on social media platform you're on, or you're just going to just, you're like, eh, I'm just going to scroll past it kind of thing. <laughs> so, hot take or <laughs> referee uh, combine. <laughs> you're still on it. <laughs> all right. So, all right, we're going to start hot, hot take or clickbait. Give me your first quote. We're going to start with a quote, by the way. You know, quote from either okay, uh, um, analyst or just a tweet, you know, on social networking kind of thing. So go ahead with your first right. quote. This is this is a tweet. I'm not going to tell you who it's from. I'm just going to see if you agree mm-hmm. with it first. Um, so, you know, the, the Hall of Fame was announced. Baseball Hall of Fame mm-hmm. was announced. And for the, I don't know, whatever, 100th year in a row, Barry Bonds was not oh, selected. So this is geared towards him. Barry Bonds has been punished enough for PEDs and being a, quotations, bad guy. He belongs in the hall. He was simply the greatest hitter and greatest player ever. Clickbait. Clickbait. Clickbait, <laughs> Clickbait man. Um, if he suffered enough, then that means Pete Rose has suffered enough. Pete Rose deserves yeah. to be in the Hall like, of Fame. Barry Bonds, like, I, I, was watch, I think I was like a watching Rookie of the Year a couple months ago. And I saw he was playing mm. with the Pirates in that movie. And he's he looks like a broom. Skinny. Oh, he's skinny. And <laughs> I'm not talking. Yeah, obviously, you know, you get older, you get a little bigger in some places. How does your head grow? I'm looking for that <laughs> supplement. Where's that supplement going around? <laughs> so that's clickbait. And, you know, another thing, you know, talking about that, another thing that they're talking about is uh, Mariana Rivera being, you know, the first unanimous Hall of Famer. Well... When the when Kid Griffey Jr. was up, you know he missed up by one. The, the one, Sand who, Man. Who the heck is that guy who did not vote for? Because you know what he said? Oh well, you know I thought it was unanimous. You know I I didn't want to vote for him. That to me, all right. I'm going to probably get some you know reaction from this. Kid Griffey Jr. is the greatest baseball player, all around baseball player that ever played the game. But he wore his hat. Oh back whatever. Don't like that. I don't want to hear, hear that. <laughs> Dude was just pure talent, dude. Like, fielding, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, fielding, I agree. Hitting, awesome. base running, you name it, he did it. And he played for a lot of years, and he had a lot of injuries. Like, you know, after he left Seattle, like Cincinnati was not kind to him by any means. Like, that was my favorite baseball player growing up, and every single year he was on the DL somewhere. And it was just, it was just bad because what could have been he that Barry Bonds' home run record would not be would not be what it is. If if Ken Griffey never got hurt as much as he did, no. And in my mind, in in Fizzy mm-hmm. B's world, um, Henry Hank Aaron is still the home oh, run yeah. king. Uh, I, single season I, home run I, king I, is Roger Maris, though. Yeah, you're not giving Mark McGuire. But you're not Hell giving no. him a break either, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But um, also. Uh, Someone's uh, Hall of Fame hopes died this year. Fred uh, McGriff. He did not get in in his final year of eligibility. So how long do these baseball players actually have for the Hall of Fame? Like, I have no idea because Fred McGriff's been retired for like seventy-eight years. I don't know, so. man. Don't they have like an elderly, <laughs> like like an elder vote, like the NFL I, does? I I um, have no idea. Um, but to get back on topic. I agree. I think this is clickbait. I think Skip Bayless is just oh, looking yeah. for attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I cannot stand Skip Bayless. <laughs> that dude is always fishing for yeah. a headline, and that's, that's the kind of stuff yeah, that he that was, as a headline. That was, that was his tweet. That oh, was Skip God. Bayless. <clears throat> you know, you got just certain people from Dallas, I guess, so whatever. All right, so oh, here's my here's my <laughs> quote. I'm not, I'll tell you what, who it's from after you uh, – say whether it's clickbait or hot take you know what the coach that needed to get hired in the nfl is tony romo listen to this man this pure football genius he's calling literally 
calling plays before they happen. Quick fade or hot take? Um, uh, it's tough because I said that Tony Romo could be hired as a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. I, I don't – now, a head coach, no. Um, I, I'm not sure about that. But I, I will say – I'm going to say mm-hmm. that's a hot take because I, I agree that Tony Romo could be hired as a defensive coordinator. You put him in a film room and just watching film of a team you play this week and say, when they do this, they're going to run this. When they do this, they're mm-hmm. going to run this. And your defense knows that. If you can get them on the same page with you, uh, you know, it, it, it's got to be a huge advantage to know the play yeah. that's coming. So if if he's really up there calling plays in the booth, like you know, like he like he does, like it, it appears that he does. Honestly, I think that he would make an excellent defensive coordinator. All right, I hear what you're saying. I'm a, for me, <clears throat> this is clickbait. Here's mm-hmm. why: defensive coordinators, defensive coordinators <clears throat> offense coordinators, head ball coaches. They don't get paid nearly as much mm-hmm. as he's going to get paid from CBS. Ah, uh, you're looking at the well, money aspect he, of it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, attracted to him. But that dude's a fairly handsome dude. He's got, he's got. <laughs> cur- <laughs> I'm not attracted. I'm not attracted <laughs> Happily to married him, to but, a female, yeah. by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got he's got charisma out to Wazoo. I mean, the dude dated like Carrie Underwood and Jessica Simpson for God's sake. And they see. I just saw an article that CBS is going to pay him a, a huge contract after that, and I'm sure after the Super Bowl because I'm sure he's going to do a fantastic job at the Super Bowl. That dude is made for play-by-play uh, commentary. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, okay, I see what you're going. I, if you're looking from the money aspect of it like that, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's clickbait. But if you're looking just from the pure coaching spot uh, perspective of it, I, I plus would say no, it's a hot plus take, in the off so. season he can go golfing. He's one, he's like an amateur golfer on the side, like during the off season. Yeah, he's like a scratch yeah, golfer. He's, he's pretty like... dang good. So you know he does he does football yeah. during football season, commentating. You know on the off season, well he could be at Pebble Beach or whatever. You know shooting golf. Oh god, <laughs> are you attracted to his golf game? You no, know, if I could golf like that, shoot. Oh, yeah, you're not even – yeah, I would love to be able to golf like that. <laughs> hey, go ahead with your second quote there, Barton. Okay, so we're going back to the NFC Championship game. Uh, the Saints and their fans are just sore losers for continuing to complain about the Miss P.I. Oh, that's a hot take. I'll, I'll take that all the way. Oh, God, this whole week I watched SportsCenter – <laughs> so, last two days, Monday and Tuesday, watching Sports Center was just agonizing for me. Until yesterday, when I saw that, when I, when you showed, when uh, you posted that Colin Cowherd, there was no, there was no reaction about like the Rams went actually winning the game. It was all about how the Rams yeah. lost the game for the Saints, and these Saints fans are being so you know childish about it. You know, trying to have a lawsuit about it. There were uh, like we we had touched base. We're, we beat, already beat this to death earlier. But there were so many chances where they could have won that game. Saints fans just need to get over mm-hmm. it. You know, it's not super. It's not the worst. I mean, it's it's a sucky loss. Don't get me wrong. It's a sucky loss. I'm a Packers fan. In these last few years in the postseason for us have been hell. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a hot take. Uh, you lo- you lost the game. You had your chances to win it. You didn't win it. You complaining about one call, mm-hmm. it's over. Your season's over. You're going to have them back next year. You're going to have Drew Brees and pretty much the same mm-hmm. team back next year. Better luck next year. You mm-hmm. lost this year. <laughs> uh, by the way, that was Jason Whitlock. Okay. On um, yeah. Speak for Yourself I, I, that's one, that's earlier this week. That's one of the sports shows I do like to, to tune into every so often. <clears throat> Jason Whitlock is always like that. He's got a he's fairly fairly even with his you know reactions and everything. He's not over over exaggerating like you know Skip Bayless or even Stephen A. Smith. Oh, by the way, that last quote that I said about Tony Romo that was Stephen A. Smith, by the way. Oh, I, I'm so, I, I didn't know he didn't he didn't try to throw in a bunch yeah. of big words. The plethora <laughs> of Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> And you and you didn't say no. it screaming. So well, I was trying to monotone it, you know, you know, so you, so you couldn't guess who it was. <laughs> uh, 
right. So. Oh, NFL combine. <laughs> referee combine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that needs to be a thing. Uh, where's, where's, uh, where's that GoFundMe right now? <laughs> yeah, let's let's get uh, this started. Who could throw the, the yellow hanky the farthest and have a bunch of drills and stuff? You know, getting ran over by players too. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to have a blocking sled move really fast too. You see which one can get out of the way the fastest. <laughs> all right, here's all right. Here's my last quote here. Uh, I'm going to be the one with the most swagger on the practice field. That's from the Senior Bowl. Is it clickbait or hot take? Uh, um, I'll have to know it's who a, said it's it. Deshaun Davis from linebacker from Auburn. Um, I mean, I I would say that's a little bit mm. of clickbait. I mean, who who cares about swagger on the practice field? I want yeah, to see how you perform. Yeah, that's clickbait for me. <laughs> yeah, I did two clickbaits this week just to you know get get twisted. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that, uh, all, I mean that's great if you got swagger on the practice field. There has so, to be but, some substance here. I mean, yeah, per, per, performing the mm-hmm. game, please. You know, if you perform in the game, you know, you look great. You know, but you know that's that's what you got to do at the senior bowl. You're there for the scouts. I don't care how much you know smack talking you're doing in between drills or at the game or whatnot. You need to, you know, make it make an interception, make like eight or nine tackles. You know. That's what's going to bring your stock up, not your mouth or, you know, all the swagger you feel like you have, you know. That's what's going to – that's yep. going to be – that's what's going to show the most on the film as, as opposed to, you know, what's on the practice field swagger-wise. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe that's all we got this week, folks. Uh, you got anything to add there, Barton? Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and add the social media plugs. Um, Facebook. Fluffy and Fizzy Sports Lounge. You search it, you find it, you like it. Um, at Fluffy and Fizzy on Twitter. The handle is at Fluffy and Fizzy. You know, give us a like, give us mm-hmm. some retweets, whatever. Also, go like uh, on Twitter at uh, the Pulse Podcast Network, at Pulse Pod Net. Um, you'll find us and a lot of great other podcasts, sports, and everything else is on that network. So, um, yeah, right. that's about it. Also, congratulations to Philip Fizzy Barton on his engagement this weekend to Miss Blair Gordon. Uh, oh, I yeah. did, I did. I got. I went ahead and he popped, popped the, question. the question. Sorry, ladies, <laughs> he is taken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, except for, uh, you, except Tony for you, Tony Romo. <laughs> Bart will come and knocking at your door right now. <laughs> Thank God he only. Only if you get the NFL ref oh, yeah, combine that's, going. That's, that's a deal breaker at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but for Philip Fizzy Barton, I'm Drew Fluffy Coates. You know, drink responsibly out there, folks. How, you know, you know, enjoy the Pro Bowl. I guess we're not really gonna get here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'll probably be watching college basketball this weekend. <laughs> but again, stay safe this weekend. We'll tune in next week. We'll touch up on the Super Bowl. Have a good weekend, folks. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>